everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast, where we give you a podcast about weird things. My name's Gary. I'm Dean. What do you have for us today, Dean? Gary, we got a short one here today. Okay. We've got something that I like to call the Monsters of the Philippines. You like to call it this? I do. Oh, great. Okay. It's one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> so, have you ever heard of something called the Oswang? No idea if I'm pronouncing that that right a s w a n g nope it's kind of a it's a term actually for a variety of supernatural creatures resident in the philippines from like like shape-shifting creatures to vampire-like creatures to were animals like were dogs and witches and and one of my favorite viscera suckers that have been in philippine folklore for hundreds and hundreds of years if not longer oh the Spanish first wrote about them in the 1600s, or even maybe even the earlier than that. I think that maybe even the late 16th century they wrote about them, and and of course they were, you know, like they're true, but they're deeply embedded in Philippine folklore and Philippine legends. The Oswang is basically five different animals or creatures within it. So you got your vampire, get your viscera sucker. You're going to like that one, by the way. Okay. Get, you get a were-dog, you got a witch, and you have a ghoul. Okay, wait. This isn't one creature that's all of these things. This is no. a family of creatures. Exactly. But, okay, and they gotcha. they go under the umbrella term, the Oswang. Or okay. Aswang, or I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to say Oswang, just to, just to consistently mispronounce okay. it. The vampire version can, of course, disguise itself as a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And sucks blood like a traditional Western vampire, but does so not with sharp teeth and suck, I guess, you know, sucking it out from the throat. It actually uses a tube, a hollow tubular tongue. Like, I guess kind of like vamp, uh, uh, butterflies, right? Don't butterflies use that? I think so. I think. And that's, I don't know if they pierce, but whatever, they, they get access to the blood and they well, suck it out. They would have to pierce yes, something. Yes, I suppose they would. <laughs> They live in forests, usually around towns, but they very often join human communities by marrying into those communities. Again, they can appear as a attractive female. Uh-huh. They marry into in the, to the community, and then sometimes they'll drain the blood, use the husband as a blood host, <laughs> or they will kind of use their house as just a base of operations and prey on the surrounding area. Are they always women? I guess. They usually pray at night. In fact, all these different versions are night creatures, and they don't have the same powers by day. That's a, a, a consistency. And by the way, they were most prevalent on the island of. They were most prevalent on the island of Panay, kind of the central Philippines. Philippines, as you know, has over seven thousand islands in the archipelago. Uh, I was going to say I know nothing of Philippine islands. Sure. I just know that they exist. I don't know how many or what their names are. I'm now apologizing to the nation of the Philippines, a proud people, many here in the U.S. I know. In the healthcare sector, as a matter of fact, quite common. I know a lot of people from the Philippines. Thank you for your service. And and mostly in the uh, province around Capiz is where they're most prevalent. The second group is called the Vicera Sucker, also called locally the Manon Nangal, which I know I'm mispronouncing that, but I'm, I'm sorry. They live basically on your internal organs. 
oh. are the, quote, phlegmatic discharge of the sick, which sounds delicious. It's not. I think so. <laughs> yes. Or both, I guess. It doesn't sound nearly as nutritious as organs, does it? Sure. It's a protein no, yeah. the organs. Yeah. So it also consumes its food with its tongue. Again, a narrow, kind of hollow, tube, tube-like tongue. Yeah. By day, it also takes the shape of an attractive, light-skinned, and long-haired woman. I don't know why oh, that's Lord. important to point out. By night, this is awesome. Okay. So it is a segmenting creature. It basically disconnects its it grows wings at nighttime disconnects its upper half from its lower half hides its lower half in the bushes somewhere so someone no, no one finds it and uh-huh. then goes off and preys on humans oh. by flying around the forest at night with just its upper half which is now winged okay, okay. It's odd. that's phenomenal it's, it is pretty clever and creative that's great i love that it um is particularly attracted to the fetuses within pregnant women. So just a plus. Ew. The, and then there's, there's the others. There's the were dog. Philippines has no wolves, as you know, so they um, take the form of were dog. Every continent, it's funny, has has some kind of a were animal. Were wolves were very, very common in the U.S., of course. I'm sorry, in Europe, of course, because wolves were a scary yeah. creature. But in Russia, they had were bears. And um, in Africa, they have were leopards. I think yeah. they have where thylacines in Australia and Tasmania, I'm assuming, because they should. I mean, it makes sense. Well, so this people shift into dogs. Yes. Is that the mm-hmm. idea? Yep, okay. that's the idea. A classic, a classic where. They have a witch version of the Oswang, and they're terrible. They curse you. Um, you know, they. So these witches are able to lay a curse upon you, and often it takes the, the manifestation of that is that. Horrible things come out of your body, like rice, bones, insects. <laughs> things come out of your bodily orifices if you're cursed by an Oswang witch. Rice. Mm-hmm. Rice, yes. Well, that could be That's helpful. not as bad as bones and insects, <laughs> I suppose. You're right. That's true. Oh, my God, this rice out of my nose. You know what, you guys? I'm a little hungry. So they also live in the outskirts of towns. They, they live in the forest. And there's also the ghoul. Of course, there is a traditional ghoul-like creature. that the, the ghoul in European legend uh, eats corpses so 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 do they oh okay. all of these things are basically you know uh, things that the filipino court culture finds vile and awful yeah. they attack families they attack good people and and they do terrible things and and filipinos don't like those things so they these are their their, their, their demons essentially sure usually attractive women they uh, by day that's is that legend universal pretty much? I don't know. It's pretty misogynistic. It, a little, though. Yes, they again they they usually go in the daytime, but there's things and and they um, attack at night and in the daytime. Sometimes, as I mentioned, they're they're not as powerful. There's lots of remedies or countermeasures you can do to drive them away. You can use holy objects, which is loosely defined: spices, salt, ash, the tail of a stingray, large crustaceans, vinegar. Betel nut chew and urine. All those things have the, the potential to drive away an Oswald. What's betel nut chew? It's a betel nut is a type of nut, and you chew it, and then you get a oh, big mass of gunk, and they don't like that. <laughs> Who w- would? Yuck. They are also believed to cause miscarriages. Yeah. So sometimes a countermeasure for a young pregnant couple would be for the husband to go under the floor 
Because you know, there's, there's the a lot often their homes be raised right above the the ground floor above the right. ground. Yeah. And so the husband would hide under there, under the 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 floor of their house, and he would get uh, have a sword and furiously wave the sword all around to scare away the uh, Oswald. Which oh. I think is good. They can also use sharp sticks, bolos, and uh, they would uh, use something called an anti anti Oswang oil made from coconut oil and some other things. And they would um, had a great way of detecting Oswang. You know how that the European vampire it doesn't reflect in the mirror, yeah. right? Here's how you could detect an Oswang that was in disguise in the room with you, right? Mm-hmm. You would look into the reflection in someone else's eye. And if the person was inverted, they were an Oswald. I like that. Seems inverted difficult. like they'd be upside down or, or backwards? Probably, I'm assuming backwards. Huh, I'm that guessing. would be hard to tell. Very difficult, but worth the effort if you think you have an Oswald in the room with you, I think. Mm-hmm. And to kill them, you use a bolo knife, stab it in the middle of the back. But you got to do what you're going to do, Carrie, okay? Hmm. So that's the story of the Oswang. One theory, by the way, is that on Panay, Panay is known for something that they would rather not be known for, I'm sure. It's a genetic mutation called XDP, X-linked dystonia Parkinsonism. Parkinsonism. It's a genetic form of dystonia, and it's almost entirely found in Filipino males. 93% of current cause of cases are located on just Panay Island, and 63% of those are just in the area around Cadiz, which is just part of the island. So it's a very specific genetic mutation. It causes a pretty terrible debilitation. Individuals are diet, who, who have it have these pretty awful symptoms. They become in what's called a transforming state, which their bodies become twisted, their tongues might stick out or protrude or get swollen, and they salivate copiously yeah so so it was not a good thing to have it's still not a good thing to have and what happened though is is sadly as you might imagine in more primitive society they were shunned yeah and so they may have lived in the forest like these um, monsters oswongs were said to live and live on the fringes of society became marginalized so that some people think that's what caused the these is the origin of this this folklore hmm so that's the Oswang. Now I'm going to tell you a little story about a modern oh, use of the Oswang, if that's the right word. We fast forward to World War II. As you know, the U.S. controlled the Philippines from the Spanish War in 1898 all the way through World War II. Mm-hmm. As During World War II, the Filipino guerrillas fought against the Japanese to reclaim their island. One of the main groups fighting them was called the Hucks. The, it's, a, it's a much longer version of it. Huck, well, it's not that long, actually. Huck Balahop. Huck Balahop, which um, they're short and often called the Hucks. They were a rebel group. Again, they were anti-imperialism, anti-Japanese, pro-independence. So at, right after the war ended, of course, even really almost really as the war is winding down, the U.S. did naturally sought to do what? maintain control of the Philippines mm-hmm. so started fighting against the Hucks even though the Hucks were helping uh, help had helped the fight, US throughout yeah. the entire war typical <sighs> United so States 
they and so after World War II, there was a quick falling out, and and, and the U.S. set up essentially a, a quasi puppet state in the Philippines, and they, the Hucks, were um, elected to parliament. They took place in the first democratic elections, but what happened is that the Hucks um, were kicked out of the Congress because the kind of pro-U.S. President, they they wanted to have essentially pass a trade bill that grossly favored the U.S. The Hucks didn't like that; they wanted a truly free U.S. The U.S. Uh, granted the Philippines independence very quickly after World War II, but again sought to maintain control politically by essentially controlling the government, right. controlling trade, etc. And so the Hucks essentially went back to war and took up guerrilla war tactics by 1946 or seven or so. And the U.S. fought them in, in most of the South and I think the Central Philippines. And in 1950, a guy named Edward, Edward Lansdale was sent over. He worked for the CA. He was a former marketing genius at Madison Avenue and, and a real uh, piece of work. He essentially invented our you know, refined psyops, psychological operations. Mm-hmm. The idea that if you can't defeat your enemy by force, you do so through psychological means. And so he set about, you know, studying and had his people brought over his, his whiz kids. I'm sure they're all from Harvard and Yale. And he brought them over to the Philippines and, and they started researching anything they could about the country, including Filipino folklore. And they found out about the Oswald, oh. this vampire-like creature that was deeply embedded, particularly in Panay, where there was a lot of huck gorilla activity. Okay. okay. So Lansdale says, you know what? Let's use that. So Lansdale came up with a genius idea at about 1950 to scare the population to not like the Hucks by using the Oswong legend. So what, one of the first things they did was pretty basic. They waited for a cloudy day, and then they had planes fly over villages using loudspeakers attached to them, and they projected Oswong witch curses onto the towns in the native Tagalog language onto the villagers and these so supposedly they meant to kind of make them resent the huck fighters or something like that or blame the huck fighters somehow yeah and um all they, they i think they even by name focused on people that they suspected of being huck sympathizers or huck fighters in the local area so the idea was that you would target those towns with a lot of huck activity curse them and they would i don't know stop supporting the hucks it wasn't super clear but were the people not supposed to realize that the curses were coming from airplanes. I, I'm overhead? not a hundred per sure, as <laughs> Rachel would say, on that. Um, I, th- but the idea was that you'd scare, or maybe you, you'd scare them out of the villages into the forest, and they would, you know, starve. I, yeah. th- there was it wasn't. It doesn't seem super well thought thought out. Yeah, but that was that was just sort of Plan A, right? Plan B was a little more insidious, a little more effective probably. They identified Huck sympathizers again, and which really included anybody giving any support. So Shay's the, of the Vietnam War, by the way. Yeah. Anybody who wasn't, you know, if you're not for me, you're against me right. kind of an idea. When most people just want to be left alone. So what they do is they they then at night they sneak to the houses of these Huck sympathizers or even Huck soldiers, and they draw they'd paint these like spooky looking eyes that they called eyes of God on them. And 
that would uh, uh, draw attention to these Huck sympathizers. And again, the idea was that you'd make all the population be against them because, look, you're causing these bad things to happen to our town. These scary right. things are happening to our town. So beat it. Yeah. What was the idea? The next thing they decided to do was a little more direct. They would, again, identify a Huck sympathizer or even better, a Huck gorilla. They'd kidnap that person. They would kill that person. They would slit them open and hang them upside down to drain them of all blood. And then they'd go find someplace like a crossroads or something and they'd leave the um, body there. Wait, the American people the did American this? The American people, the CIA and the and, uh, American forces did this. And they then um, would rely on the locals to find this body and say, oh my God, this was the victim of, his, of an Oswong. Uh-huh. There are Oswong attacking our villages. Um, and that's a Huck sympathizer they killed. They're going after the Huck people. Again, we don't like these Huck people in our presence. Now they're attracting Oswong right. into our village and they're going to kill us too. That sounds like a war crime. That it was absolutely a war crime. And the idea was, and Edward Lansdale would, would write his, his memoir and say how effective all these things were. Were they really effective? Mm, that's, you know, open to debate. I don't know how effective they really, really were. He kind of has a monopoly on information there. But um, that was kind of the, the, what he thought was the most effective tactic that they did. And you know, he's they, proud of that. Very proud of it. Bragged about it in his memoir. Okay, he's a monster. So when I, oh my God, Carrie, that was really good. Because when I, at the front of this podcast, said, we're going to call this the Monsters of the Philippines, I was going to end by asking you, <laughs> who are the real monsters of the Philippines in this story? That guy. I'll leave it to you to decide, but I don't disagree. Yeah. And that is the story of the Oswong and the monsters of the Philippines. Don't you be a quickie. Yeah. Interesting. Thanks, yeah. Dean. Hey, anytime. <laughs> That's a short one. Please listen in on our next long one coming up. That I'm sure will be uploaded on Thursday. Okay. Bye. See you guys.